In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational, perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man. On your mark! I'll be back. Go! The highest rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Give you a lift. Arnold Schwarzenegger is. The Running Man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The Running Man. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchi, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. That's Professor Dan Aquino to you, Mr. Anthony. Okay. Hold on one second. Did I just steal your uh, bit? I just had to open a nice cadre cola to start. Nice. Okay. <laughs> it hits the spot. Yes. <laughs> it hits the spot. Now I'm ready to podcast. All right. Great. Yes, everybody. We are back with another movie that you picked on Twitter. This one, you uh, you were actually kind to us this time. Uh, this week, yeah. we pitted sci-fi fantasy movies against each other. And what came away was the winner is The Running Man from 1987. So, gentlemen, where are you coming at with The Running Man? I've seen this movie a few times. I think I saw this movie uh, my senior year of high school. Uh, it was towards the end of, you know, we were graduating. And one of my, if I remember, it was my guitar teacher who played this for us, like the final week. And I was blown away by this movie. It is so cool. <laughs> everything about I, I was hoping this was what 2017 was going to be like but <laughs> I mean we came close to it we, like we were on the cusp but yeah. it just you know that coward he didn't pull the trigger we could have been <laughs> there those damn democrats those damn democrats <laughs> yeah I think this is about 10 years too early maybe yeah. by 2027 we're, we're going to be looking at this yeah yeah well, so oh go ahead Dan I, I was going to say if that's the case I, I'm dead I'm definitely dying in this. <laughs> um, I think my experience is sort of similar to Dan's um, outside um, that I first saw this movie right around that time, like late teenage, you know, uh, right before college. It was when I was on a um, sort of a binge, probably when I saw a lot of those John claude Van Damme movies that you guys had no idea that I watched growing up, um, mm-hmm. uh, along with, you know, uh, this and Total Recall and all. I was blessed by... Um, as I mentioned many times on this podcast, um, my uncle used to tape every single movie that came on HBO onto the onto a VHS tape and uh, kept it uh, in his house. 
So at any time, and they were in alphabetical order. It was weird. Um, but <laughs> it was in as much alphabetical order as you could possibly do. Um, so, you know, I uh, watched this for the first time then. And it's always been one of those movies that I was like, you know what? I should, I should watch The Running Man again. And I just never got back to a second time. Um, so there were bits and pieces of this movie that I remembered. Um, and uh, it surprised me how much on a whole um, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I guess, you know, being about 20 years apart from the last time I saw it, you know, especially doing this podcast, you always expect the worst. <laughs> going back mm-hmm. to the things that you've been told were great or think you liked when you were younger. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised and, um, I guess found completely different things to laugh and chuckle about, um, because life was completely different, you know, back in 1997, 98, um, or whenever I would have first come in contact with this movie that, as we mentioned, things in this movie come into, um, much closer to reality than you would hope, than you would think, <laughs> um, when you were watching it, when you were, especially when it was first released. Um, but I'd say that's credit to the uh, filmmakers for at least um, being a little bit um, honest and somehow, some, somehow understanding um, the you know, what people were like, um, really like, and not just whatever apocalyptic sci-fi was uh, for the most part. This felt more like if someone actually sat down and thought about it mm-hmm. than just used tropes. Sure. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to say... Three across the board. This movie's amazing. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I think it might have actually been college. My, I definitely know my old roommate had a copy, DVD copy of this, and we at least watched it once. I've seen it a couple of times since then. And this movie, uh, it's the movie that we all wished, I think, Endgame was. That Italian uh, post-apocalyptic yes. movie from like, 1982 that we talked about last year. This is exactly what that movie should have been. Uh, this movie is impeccably cast. Every casting decision is yeah. a little bit odd, but works incredibly. Um, there's not a weak link in the um, in the casting decisions. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's very good. I, I was saying that uh, this was the movie. This was the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that should have been remade instead of Total Recall, because mm-hmm. this is a movie where you can have fun with it and not take it seriously and it'll still be you could still make a pretty good remake of it i would imagine yeah right with total recall they really went for a more serious vibe and you know you can't do that with those type of arnold movies because they were so out you know they were out of the box they were supposed to be nuts but i don't know i i think like i was saying i was before we recorded i was trying to recast this movie I didn't get very far because I have no uh, willpower or uh, uh, what's the the, Yeah, (laughs) right. My attention span is that of a gnat. I I got only one character down, but if (laughs) I I think you could in today's age, you could really get some solid actors to be in the remake of The Running Man and it would be awesome. Sure. You want to give us one one character? Yeah, the only guy that I had. Uh, I I cast Chris Hemsworth as Captain Freedom, Jesse Ventura's character. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a very really good one because yeah. he can do the comedy. You know, he can do the comedy. I'm 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 sitting yeah. here, you can't see, but I'm like sh- moving my hands back and forth like an old Italian man. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's a weird note to go on to, <laughs> to pivot from. Uh, the Running Man was directed by Paul Michael Glazer, uh, also known as Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. This is our second movie that we've covered directed by Paul Michael Glazer. We also covered his other film, his passion project known as Kazam. Uh, to date only he and Stuart Gordon uh, are the only directors that we've covered two films from it's based off of a Stephen King story um, under the name Richard Bachman his other pen name and written by Stephen E. D'Souza give you a little bit of his filmography Uh, as for the good Stephen E. D'Souza is the writer on Die Hard 48 Hours Commando and Die Hard 2 as for the bad He's also the writer on Another 48 Hours, Hudson Hawk, Street Fighter, Beverly Hills Cop 3, and Judge Dredd. He's got an IMDb score of 6.7, Rotten Tomato score of 65%, budget $27 million, box office $38 million. So a little modest, uh, modest uh, positive on that one. About $11 million when you take into account advertising budgets. Uh, it's probably a little bit thinner. Uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maria Conchita Alonso, Yafet Koto, Jesse Ventura, Jim Brown, Mick Fleetwood, Dweezil Zappa, and of course, Richard Dawson. Uh, Richard Dawson is, might be the MVP of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's sure. definitely top three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's who, great. Who else? Yeah. Who, who would go against him really? I mean, I'd probably put Richard Dawson one, Arnold, yeah, Arnold two, Jesse three. Yeah, yeah. Je- yeah, I might flip Jesse and Arnold. Okay. It just just based on the scenes they were in, you know. That's true. I mean, Jesse yeah. doesn't have a ton of screen time here, but it, he makes it count. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go back to a point off of basically taking one of Dan's points and one of the facts Anthony laid out. Um, I don't know if you have time while I explain this, Anne, to look up what the uh, profit was for Total Recall. Um, uh, if you keep talking, I could okay. probably pull it up. Because my so thought, the, Dan, the new and, one or the older the, one? The old one. Uh, okay. Because listening to the fact that um, Anthony put out about like the difference between budget and box office, mm-hmm. I wonder if Total Recalls is higher. It probably and, was, and had you know more of a within producers and stuff in mm-hmm. Hollywood um, as going that would be the one to go for because that one already made a bunch of money. It has right. name recognition, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So. Uh, uh, yeah. On a $65 million budget, Total Recall made 119 in the U.S., a uh, worldwide gross of 261 So Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Total Recall is the better movie, in, in just in terms of uh, like production value and story, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. This is just a, you know, turn your brain off action, th- uh, action movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet if this movie made, you know, in the difference... The, the budget difference between budget and what it made, you know, the same space, mm-hmm. I think they would have remade this one by now. You think so? You know, yeah. if, you know, if, if, if you tell any producer, this is layman, I've never dealt with any of this, obviously, um, that something made over a hundred million dollars, you They'll know, go into it. Or, or something going into it. Like you had, you know, we can pull something like, remember this, you know, and go through all that. And, then you know, uh, but with this movie, I think it was more, um, maybe it was a little too, uh, like, post-apocalyptic wasn't a thing when the Total Recall movie was remade. You know, and more space stuff was sort of yeah. maybe flying around at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, either way, um, I agree with you that this would be the more fun movie yeah. to have recast and reshoot because you could do, you know, I'll probably throughout this podcast and maybe we'll bring it up at the end when we do the make it better. Maybe we can have a couple more cast it, but, um, uh, but yeah, this, this one, um, it's definitely probably the Arnold movie before I would guess at the time. Um, the first one I saw that was enjoyable, um, when I was younger. Um, and then I saw T2, um, to mm-hmm. <laughs> that and then, you know, so on and so forth as I went through his whole backlog. But, um, it was the first time when I was like, okay, maybe this guy has something, you know, thinking about it. Yeah, I've heard about guy. He's going places. Yeah. yeah, very sophisticated uh, six-year-old yeah. Mark was. No, that's it. Like, this guy. Yeah. Got to keep my eye on this guy. Got to watch him. He's the next star. <laughs> this young Arnold guy. <laughs> this Arnold Mark, guy. As Mark smokes on a cigar. Yeah. Counts on a cigar and goes, Ah, that's Sylvester's old news. <laughs> right. Arnold guy. <laughs> that's that's where the money is. That's where the money is. Yeah, I I, I really. I really enjoyed this movie, and I, I was happy to. I, what, what did you select for the poll, Mark? You selected. Um, I Frankenstein. I Frankenstein. I had Universal Soldier. I was more than happy to lose out to this movie because mm-hmm. I knew I was going to enjoy it. But all I maybe save you. I've never seen Universal Soldier, but I've seen I Frankenstein. I feel like those two movies would have been perfect to just review in general. Because you you have two movies that are on the, the total opposite of the shit spectrum. Mm-hmm. Where you have I, Frankenstein is like bottom of the barrel. But then it's you perfect. have... Oh, it's one of the worst things ever. <laughs> uh, it, it should have ruined uh, What's-His-Name's career, if we're being honest. Um, uh, you're calling him What's-His-Name, so it didn't help it. it so yeah. it didn't help. Uh, <laughs> I'll call him Harvey Dent for now. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it should have. That movie was terrible. But then you have this one where it's we have the Pootie Tang effect where it's it's not even that. It's like where it's so bad it's good. It's yeah. just it's so cheesy. It always it always knows what it's supposed to be. Yes. Right? Yeah. It doesn't try to break the limits of itself. Mm-hmm. And it knows its setting real, which is yeah. something I really enjoyed with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels like someone who got it and didn't just like we've mentioned Endgame, you know, and that was just a bunch of tropes. Of, of post-apocalypse, yeah. what would happen? You have this kind of tribe, you have these kind of people, you know, you run into this type of land, you know, you got to hit all these points. It's what people expect. Yeah. And this, he just built the world, and then you felt that the story lived in that world. Mm-hmm. I know? feel like nowadays it would probably be more internet-based instead of television-based. Probably. Right, right? like more uh, social media-inducing. Like it would be can... Ready Player One. Something along those lines, right? Where you know you the, the people at home could kind of vote on online or whatever. You, it would almost be like an a next uh, uh, America's Got Talent or whatever. Are, are you speaking of the criminally underrated gamer? I've seen that movie. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's it's bad, but it's not terrible. Uh, <laughs> Gerard Butler. Yeah. Uh, what? So all right. So we were Mark brought up maybe as we go along we could kind of cast this movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Michael Keaton as Damon Killian? Do you think he has the pizzazz to do what he did? That's interesting. Yeah. I'd have to give it some thought. Uh, okay. come yeah, up with he, a that was the one Killian. character I was thinking of trying to recast. That's a tough one because he, he's so charismatic in this movie. Uh, and he, like Anthony said, he really steals the, steals the show. 
uh, and it, it, he's kind of the drummer to this band, and sure. it's just it's it's keeping. They're trying to keep up with him. It seems like. Um, yeah, but I'm trying to think because Michael Keaton is kind of like your go-to, uh, your go-to guy for some of these roles. I feel like because he's very charismatic and he can kind of steal the show if need be. So that yeah, just throwing it out there. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to give it some thought while we go yeah. through, and maybe at the end we'll we'll come up with some ideas. Yeah. yeah. Is Mick Fleetwood still alive? Can we cast him as Mick? <laughs> I think he might be. Okay. Let's <laughs> check can it we out. Wheel him out. <laughs> we just cast Chris Christopher. <laughs> Hey, he's still alive. Still oh, alive. He's kicking. All right, so we can... so Mick Fleetwood is the, the same, same age, age as Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. Although he looks he's like he's good seventy-five in this movie. Right. I doubt he's in as good a shape. Probably not. Uh, I had never heard of Maria uh, Conchita Alonso, mm-hmm. uh, but she's still acting. Is she more? I don't know what else she would have been in. Oh, Predator 2. She was in a couple of spaghetti westerns, it looks like. Yeah. I I, I'd never heard of her, but she does a, a fine job in this. Yeah. yeah. She's okay. She's fine. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she's one of those, like, lifetime people. Like, you would hear, like, uh, Murderer Next Door starring Maria Conchita Alonso. Definitely. De- she was destined for, like, USA uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, television movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, trying to think. Uh, no, I'm sitting here thinking there was, I think she was on at least something I heard of before for, like, she seems to be, like, bounced a lot through guest starring roles on TV. Yeah, but I think she was. I think she was on for something for, like, one season of a show I okay. kind of heard of, but I can't remember it at the moment. Um, yeah, the, the beauty of this movie is really that you can really run wild with, your ideas for casting mm-hmm. you know like, like you could probably switch out arnold schwarzenegger you could probably put in like i don't know michael b jordan or something yeah uh you could put michael b jordan in any one of these roles you could put uh even though i hate him with a, the fire now, of a thousand sons now now there there's a good killian damon who michael, michael uh, b. jordan michael b jordan he's too young you gotta you gotta get someone who's like that game show mentality you know what i'm saying yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith is he could be up there for sure because yeah, you want a guy who's over the top with it, and I I, I don't think Michael B. Jordan would be fit would fit that kind of role. Uh, you can have him as maybe one of the stalkers, uh, or you can ha- again have him as the lead, or you could have uh, <laughs> nah, uh, uh, the guy from. He was Captain Boomerang in the Suicide Squad. Jai Courtney. <laughs> he Jai I, Courtney. Jai Courtney is by saw. I feel like yeah, he would definitely <laughs> be one of the stalkers. Yeah. He is so For bad. Sure. I yep. to me, he's one of the worst actors out there who mm. still somehow gets good roles. <laughs> uh, and I'll put that on record, man. I, people will say like I'm being mean. He's awful. <laughs> Anytime I see he's in a movie, I'm immediately turned off. But he he could be one of the stalkers in this, and it would fit just fine. Yeah, the only person I could think of for Killian, and it's really just because he basically played that role already, is Stanley Tucci because he mm, played because he did that that role in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Sure, man, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. He's that's the, a really good choice. Stanley Tucci is the opposite of Jai Courtney. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. He's That's the what they always say. Jai Courtney. 
I, I know <laughs> we keep like I know we keep raising like the level of person in this movie. Um, but I was going along the lines of what Aunt just said and uh, was thinking uh, like someone like Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Idris Elba is Fireball. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's slowly coming together, man. Yeah. We're going to yeah, write this it. movie. <laughs> David Harbour as Dynamo. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. What? That's a really good one. <laughs> and, he, and he could do some weird accent if he wants to. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> that, that was the one character. Like, everyone else fits in this movie. And then Dynamo is just this, what the hell were they thinking? They were just wanting to show off the technology. I get what what light brights. It's, it's yeah. like they they pulled two words out of a hat: opera <laughs> and light bright. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. probably fine. Uh, <laughs> he drives around in like a little dune buggy. <laughs> he, they gave the weirdest stuff to the worst character. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them are just like kind of words slapped together. Like even even Sub Zero, they right. they're giving him like he's a Japanese guy. He's sort of a sumo professor, professor yeah. Sub Zero, uh, but he also is ice hockey themed. Yeah, I. <laughs> but at least his made sense. Where Dynamo made none. He he just looked like a party favor. Right? <laughs> he, he he walks around like he's a Tron reject. Yeah, and he's got the the mohawk. And he's not threatening whatsoever. First of all, he's a big fat guy singing opera. I'm not going to be afraid of that dude. Yeah. And he go he goes out he he goes out like a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. His own petard. Voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his own petard. He was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But it it adds to the comedy of this movie. It just so so over the top and silly, but it, it works. I mean. He goes out not wearing any pants, but he still <laughs> yeah. has he still has his light bright vest on. Yep, and that's pretty much the only. Thing Why doesn't he has. have pants on? That's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, nothing that happens to him would necessitate him not having pants. Yeah, he was uh, he was beaten by a hill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he flips his car over. His his death was bad driving. Yeah. All right. Reckless uh, driving. What do you say we got we get into the plot? Um, yep. at this yeah, point. let's do it. Before we do, we're gonna take a moment to hear a word from a friend of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back to the show, and now it's time to get into the plot of The Running Man. The start off in the future, 2017, we got a uh, title crawl. It's a police state at this point. There's no economy, no art. Government rules with an iron fist. So just like 2017. Um, yep. And the most popular certain, TV show of all time. I was going to say a certain leader's wet dream yep. is this world. I, I think it's only his wet dream 
if he has any say in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if he gets to be a part of it, then he would want to be Killian. Killian, yeah. Yeah, he would want. Yeah, he would want a big <laughs> part of it. Like yeah. he and he 100%. would definitely t- he would one hundred percent tweet about this this show. Yeah. Right. Buzzsaw, the greatest stalker ever. Personal friend of mine. Love him. Hashtag Buzzsaw. Ben Richards, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Democrats right. stopping me from, from moving him. He's a bad guy. Bad guy. One of the worst. Zamber Mendez, she comes over from Mexico. Right. You don't know what she's doing. She <laughs> got to be deported. She says she's a singer, but I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to check. <laughs> All right. Uh, the most popular game show in the world is The Running Man. And this is kind of it's very prophetic because they didn't even have a word for reality TV at this point. So they just keep calling it a game show. Um, then we cut to Ben Richards, who's some sort of army pilot. He's a helicopter pilot specifically. And they're above a nonviolent food riot currently just observing uh, roughly about 1500 people, women and children included. And then he gets a call over his uh his walkie that tells him to fire on the civilians and he rejects orders and fights the other guys in the helicopter who are told to detain him. Eventually he gets knocked out. Uh, Real quick. Uh, I, I thought to myself, because this is a trope that happens in a ton of action movies, obviously where the guy, the good guy gets knocked out by the butt of the gun. Mm -hmm. That always worries me because I always felt like if it were my job to do that, I, I, does it, it work missed. 100% of the time? Yeah, I feel like I would just like hit the guy and he would just be like dazed for a little bit or like I would break his nose. But it in the movies it's a 100% accuracy. Like it, yeah. it always knocks them out without fail. Is that yeah. true? Uh, none I none of us have been hit in the fact. face with a Is it yep. a fact? It's a true fact. Yeah. Okay, cuz I was going to say none of us have been as far as I know, none of us have been uh hit with the butt end of a rifle. Nope. But uh if, if that's fact, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm no weapons expert, but I'm pretty sure it's fact. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> was this the same set that Anna Nicole Smith flew her helicopter on? <laughs> what, yeah. what, was, what was her call sign? The substance uh, Charlie? Yeah. I, I don't know. That was that, that feels like decades ago. It was... <laughs> uh, we reviewed almost, that. It was like two years ago almost. It feels like forever. Ago. Uh, but yeah, he gets knocked out and then he's detained. Um, he gets sent to a work camp. Uh, I guess he's there for about two years because I think one of you guys mentioned that this spans 2017 to 2019. Yeah, yeah. 2017 to 2019 yeah, in like, the synopsis. Yeah, because it says something about 18 months or something. It's like right. it gives some kind of date when it flashes over to the work camp. Okay, so he's a he's a work camp. He's Basically just moving around steel beams at some sort of factory. Very generic kind of work camp kind of stuff. He's there with a couple of guys, uh, Weiss and Lachlan. Lachlan played by Yafit Koto. Weiss, I don't really, I never really recognize that guy. He just got glasses. Um, during I feel a like week, he's been in a ton of a ton of movies. Just a, a character actor. Yeah, he kind of looks like uh, uh, Sam. No. God damn, Scott Glenn. Kind of looks like Scott Glenn, but isn't Scott Glenn. Okay. Um, at least like 80s Scott Glenn, he kind of looked like. <laughs> I feel like he, was he in like one of the Marvin, Alien movies? Marvin J. McIntyre. Yeah. We're, I think we're, you might be thinking of Scott Glenn. He looks just like him. 
he actually in the, in his IMDb picture, he looks like the guy. He looks like X Pac from WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got nothing that nothing that seems like uh, you might know him. I, I don't know. Born they to, probably yeah. got him after they couldn't get Scott Glenn. Maybe That's probably <laughs> Scott Glenn would make this movie better though. He was in Chud too. Bud the there Chud. There you go. So Bud the Chud. That's upsetting. <laughs> I wouldn't put that on my resume, most likely. Uh, so, uh, during like a weak security moment while they bring the the shields down or whatever, uh, Richards and a few others stage a prison riot. Um, they it's pretty successful. Most of them get away. One guy gets his head blown up by their uh, explosive collars, um, but. Uh, ben Richards, uh, Yafit Koto, and this other guy—they uh, they escape. They sneak into the my, city. Yeah, my favorite part of it was when the guy puts the code in, and he's like, it, "It's because we need to go outside." And he just grabs him and drags him outside with the computer still well, in his hand. That made no sense because the guy previously, the the, yeah. the guard working it previously was inside, and it worked just fine. Sure. Yeah. It, it it was so obvious that like this movie's flawed. Yes, but it was so obvious that there was another guard outside jamming the signal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was work. They keep showing the guard on the computer, like doing work. Like okay, well he's clearly stopping you from doing this. Yeah. Why is this so hard to figure out? I just like, love the not visual. Working. Of, uh, maybe if I rewatched it, maybe it's different than my memory. But um, I just remember Arnold dragging the guy out <laughs> instead of grabbing the case and running out. Mm. He, he drags a lot of people by, He just grabs him by the collar and yeah. runs him out. Yeah, Ben Richards uh, drags a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. This doesn't it's have time awesome. for their bullshit. It's just like, <laughs> alright, this is what we're doing. Right. <laughs> it's ben Richards' world. We're all just living in it. We're going over here now. Okay. Uh, the three guys, Arnold, Yafik Koto, and the other guy, sneak into the city. They meet up with some resistance fighters, including Mick Fleetwood, who may be playing himself. Um, they He helps them off with uh, their explosive collars. And uh, Mick Fleetwood kind of says, yeah, I know you. I'm not so sure about you. You're the butcher of Bakersfield. Um, this is kind of like our first... This is kind of our first uh, inkling of kind of the misinformation that the government has created in terms of that whole incident, um, saying that uh, Richards is known for firing on civilians, uh, even though he clearly, we know, as the audience, that he did no such thing. Uh, that is a really cool nickname, Mark. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> the Butcher of Bakersfield. Yeah, what, that's Stephen was, King. He knows his th- a thing or two. What was the uh, the movie we watched recently? There was another great nickname. It was, I think it was last week. I don't even remember what movie we did last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, it was, uh, I, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What, what was oh, no, it was the, uh, no, no, the Phantom was the ghost who walks. The ghost who walks, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Phantom. so, it, it's, I like where the movie, I mean, it's, like we said, it's super flawed, but it makes its hero, like, super badass. It gives them an awesome nickname. Mm-hmm. It kind of, because it kind of covers the rest of the shit that the movie gives you. So, it's yeah. like, all right, well, this is terrible, but. At least he has an awesome nickname. And it, it really drives home, which at that point you don't really see a lot of. But as movie goes along, just that nickname drives home how they do the uh, misinformation campaign, mm-hmm. um, which is way too relevant to nowadays. 
Um, yeah, it's true. You know, um, driving home Butcher Bakersfield, you know, sort of right. like using that to, to drive home the, you know, so you remember him. Mm. Uh, but yeah, as you said, Stephen King knows a thing or two about naming. Yep. He, he's not a no slouch. Um, Richards parts ways with the other guys and plans to get out of the city. Uh, his brother is supposed to help him escape. So he heads towards his brother's apartment at ICS headquarters, which is the state-run TV station. Damon Killian is the biggest celebrity of the world. He's the host of The Running Man. And this is Richard Dawson in all his glory, uh, just really hamming it up. And this is where we first find Kurt Fuller as a lackey. We're excited to have, once again, he was the bad guy in No Holds Barred, and we see him here again. Um, I wonder if the... uh... When we first meet uh, Killian, he runs into a he accidentally runs into a janitor, yep. and then he pulls the whole like, "Oh no, you're fine. Don't worry about it." And then as soon as he's w- w- out of your shot, he just says, "You know, if that guy's mopping the floor here tomorrow, you're gonna be mopping it for the rest of your life," kind of thing. So he's gonna fire him. I wonder. Do you think he was ever fired? I don't know. That's something I want yeah, to find out. That's a loose end so. that needed to be tied. Would, yeah. Would. Killian be so into himself that he would completely forgotten about that moment, or is it the other way around? That uh, he had him into that guy holds gets a grudge. Okay. Yeah, he, he holds definitely a grudge. He would he, probably... he would pull a Frank Cross from Scrooged, where he like spies him getting thrown out. You know, he didn't, like takes great pleasure in seeing him getting sure. thrown out. It's like one of the best things ever. Yeah. Um. So Richard heads to his brother's apartment, um, but there's nowhere to be. There's no one there. Um. But eventually. Um, while he's there, a woman comes in and starts working out Captain Freedom's workout. Oh, we yeah. Jesse Ventura. And she's uh, working out in like a negligee, like lingerie for some reason, as one does. Yeah, I was going to say, who never, who's never done that? <laughs> Come on, man. Get with the times, Ant. Who doesn't I work just out did that in, earlier tonight. <laughs> <laughs> work out in a, uh, a nightie. <laughs> I, just, I love this because, to, to me, I, I know Jesse Ventura had hair. Obviously, in the younger, when he was much younger, but I always, I always think of Jesse Ventura bald, and it's just always so weird to see him with hair. But his hair looks awesome in this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's gotta and, be a wig, though. No? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, but it, it's like perfectly coiffed. Yeah. And he, he's got the headband going. It's like to, you know, the the '80s workout videos where everyone's wearing leotards and like just like tight fitting uh, outfits. And he's just flexing. He's not even really exercising. He's just flexing and going, ooh, yeah. And just, you know, doing like, trying to be like super manly flexing and everything. But it's the best part of the movie (laughs) because he's so full of himself. And he's just like, he would go near a woman's butt and just like point to the woman's butt kind of thing. Like, like this is what, like, paint no pain, no gain. Or like, okay, just shouting slogans at you Yeah, in in a very Jesse Ventura way. I can't find pictures of him with hair that isn't like the skullet that we know him as with. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess it, I I would imagine it's a, a wig. It's a wig, but it looks. It does. It, it's it's really tough to tell. For some reason, the first picture that pops up when I Google Jesse Ventura with hair is a picture of Eagles guitarist Glenn Frey. Interesting. Um, but he's got excellent hair. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> looking Frey. like Sam Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Elliott in Roadhouse. Man, I, again, that that movie, that version of Sam Elliott boggles my mind because I never expected him to look that good. 
I just always thought he came out of the womb like a 60-year-old man. Nope. He's just out-sexying Patrick Swayze in that movie, as far as I'm concerned. He had the smolder in uh, Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze didn't have the smolder. (laughs) Nope. Uh, So uh, she comes in, starts working out, and then Richard surprises her. You know, he says, you know, this is my brother's apartment. What are, what are you doing in his, his apartment? She says he's moved. He moved out like a month ago. He, I moved in a month ago. Previous owner was supposedly taken away for re-education. Um, at this moment, Killian is at ICS. and He's looking for new contestants for the running man. No one seems to be um, very interesting to him, whoever they pitch. And then he sees footage of the prison escape and he sees Ben Richards running. He's like, that's the guy. That's who I want. Um Meanwhile, yeah. Richards ties up Amber and uses her travel pass to book a flight to Hawaii. Are you going to say something, Mark? Yeah, I was going to say the the whole scene with him, um, you know, deciding he wants Richards um, does do the great thing of just showing how in control of parts of the government that Killian is. Yeah. Like, he's just like, get me to Justice Department Entertainment Division. Yeah. You know, like, he runs that show. And it, as it goes on, you see... You know, he basically has the ear of everybody probably like right up to the executive branch mm-hmm. in the White House. And it was, it was a cool way to just introduce that there um, in a very um, like nonchalant way. And it also bothered me, too, that every phone in this futuristic post-apocalypse movie is wired. Yeah. Like <laughs> It's the one thing they didn't figure out. Yeah, They got everything he, else right but that. Killian, is, Killian was essentially Jay-Z when Obama was president, right? <laughs> right? Cause they were, they would like talk to each other. They would like message each other. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. To have cute. that, right? <laughs> to have that kind of power. <laughs> You're like, yeah, man, the president, he's like on speed dial. Yeah. Oh, well, good so Jay Z is the reason for all the, uh, the kills that Obama had under all these, uh, uh, drone strikes. Well, is that yeah. What Right, yeah. Jay-Z One or two had... of them is probably Jay-Z. Jay-Z Yo, had man, some... base says, I can't get you to blow up that wedding that's happening in uh, <laughs> Syria right now. Well, oh. well, Jay-Z, uh, we're going to see about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Rock, yeah, rock, rock Nation. They're, uh, they're using, they're using the, uh, some music they didn't pay for at the wedding. <laughs> I, I, didn't get, I didn't get any of my licensing money for that. I feel, yeah, Jay-Z probably has some uh, some people encroaching on his turf in, uh, you know, in the Middle well, East. Jay. Well, Jay, we're going to see what we can do about that. <laughs> we're going to say it was an accident. No one's going to know. Gonna make yeah, it you got to break a few eggs. I, just imagine having that kind of power, though. I mean, it's with these celebrities, it's not... Everything that happens in this movie can 100% happen in today's America. Exactly. You know, somebody's got to kill Rachel with the good hair. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, man. Don't don't cross Jay Z and uh, Barack Obama. Don't cross the Bayhive. Don't, don't cross the Beehive. True power couple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now that we can move on from Jay Z, now that we alienated both the left and the right during this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> We're equal Go opportunity. Independent ticket. Um, so he books a flight to Hawaii, and he takes Amber as a hostage. They're posing as husband and wife. They're about to board the plane, go through security, and she fights away, calls the security. Richards gets detained, and he's basically immediately brought to Killian. And Killian tells Richards he'd like him to volunteer for the running man. And uh, Killian basically 
like uh, Richards tells him to go fuck himself, and then yeah. Killian uh, plays his hand that he has, which is that he also has Weiss and Lachlan detained, and he says, if Richards, you don't compete, and then these guys are going in your place. And then, uh, Rich- Mark? I was going to say, yeah, yeah, exactly. The he, he just, this is where I think Richard Dawson is at his best in terms of, of chewing the scene, you know, where he's just sitting there thinking, you know, he has the upper hand in this situation mm-hmm. um, and just being really, really kind of shitty in a slightly passive aggressive way at first right. to him. And, you know, it, it just, it, it, as we said throughout this entire podcast, it just, it just shows how much, you know, Richard Dawson got this character mm-hmm. that there's no, you know, there, there's really no wavering from what this character's supposed to be. Like it, he is in it the entire movie. Sure. Um, so Richard agree. Richards agrees, um, despite not wanting to be a part of it. But his friends are being endangered, so he agrees. So he gets prodded, injected, eventually knocked out by some poison gas. And meanwhile, Amber back at her home sees a news report regarding the airport arrest of Richards. And the news says that he killed ticket agents and security guards. And she obviously knows that that never happened. So she's starting to question um, what the news is telling her versus what Richards was telling her because he had said that he never killed anybody. And then the running man starts with a very long dance number. Um, yeah. Amber sees Richards in the hallway at the at the uh, studio as he's getting processed. And now she's starting to starting to really question what she knows about him. And then Killian comes on stage to applause and cheers and introduces Richards, which shows the edited footage of the Bakersfield massacre which is basically um, just everything you think that basically everything that didn't happen, they show it to make it look like it did like Richard's shooting everybody and just fighting everybody else in the helicopter without the context of him not wanting to fire on civilians. Yeah. Now I don't know if this was a good or a bad thing. I'm leaning towards good that they don't go into any long explanation on how the running game work, running man works as yeah. a show. You no, know, I don't think it needs it, any explanation. Yeah, it's as though you're watching an episode of it. Yeah. Like, they don't do, like, a whole rundown. Well, this is Quadrant 1 and Quadrant, you know. Mm-hmm. They just go, you know, as he goes through Quadrant 1. And it's like, you're supposed to know that. You know, yeah. what that means going in. And, yeah, I think that was a really good choice on their part to not over-explain it. Which would be something I'd be worried about in the remake. That they would feel the need to over-explain that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh... Uh, he brings out Ben, and dancers dance around him, and they strip him to reveal his ridiculous yellow leotard. Uh, <laughs> Probably the most iconic part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Killian makes a big show out of the whole thing. Shows the past winners, quote-unquote, enjoying their lives on a tropical island. And then he has a big surprise for Ben, because he's also bringing Lachlan and Weiss into the game, too. Uh, even though, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then right before he gets... Shot down the running man shoot. Ben Richards says, I'll be back. And Killian has one of the best uh, retorts to that line. Because now it's a now iconic I'll be back for Schwarzenegger. He says, only in a rerun. And then he sends him on his way. Yeah. Yeah, They have some good back and forths. uh, Schwarzenegger and um, uh, Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. They play well off each other. No. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys can correct me here. Um, I thought the I'll be back and all that stuff was more of a T2 thing or was no. it? He it says was... it in the first one. He okay, says it to the it was, cop. At and the, it was uh, in popular. 
popular culture too at that point. Okay. I guess so. I mean, I, I think we're all too young to really know yeah. when it became part of the lexicon, but obviously he's making I'll be back jokes in 1987. So yeah. right. I guess it caught on by then. Okay. Does, does he actually say it in T2? I'm sure he does. Oh, he says all I think, the lines in T2. I think he says I think he says it to Edward Furlong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I just remember in the first one he he visits the the police station and yeah. the the cop at the desk tells him that he has to come back later and he just says I'll be back then and then drives the car into the the police station <laughs> and just wrecks shit. So they get sent into the Running Man and uh. They get shot into the arena. Elect, uh, Amber goes sneaking off into the records office to see if she could find any of the unedited footage of the Bakersfield Massacre. She gets caught. Um, Killian goes to the audience to pick the first stalker. And the woman picks Sub-Zero, played by WWF star Professor Toru Tanaka. Um, but he's also a hockey-themed stalker for some reason. Yeah. And uh, their quadrant is all a hockey rink. So they get chased by him while he's wearing skates and hockey pads. Weiss gets immediately captured in a uh, in a net. And <laughs> Auckland and Richards run around on the ice. Eventually, Richards strangles Sub-Zero with barbed wire. And Sub-Zero dies. And then where you get the most ridiculous one-liner from Schwarzenegger. Where he says, here is Sub-Zero. Now, plain zero. <laughs> so... Uh, I guess that works, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's little did we know this was going to set up several more ice puns in the future. future. Yeah, this is where it all began. You got the bad yeah. one out here. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it's argu- arguable. Uh, are you can argue which one is the worst ice pun? Uh, ice to meet you. Right, chill, chill. <laughs> what uh, just what killed the dinosaurs? The, the ice, ice age. age. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think my favorite part is, and I got to give credit to all the uh, extras in in the room here. Just the you, I you could feel the silence, you know, oh, after after dies. Zero dies. Right, they right. did such a good job with that because yeah. you got to imagine it's the first time a stalker's ever died. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, uh, Killian get some pressure from the Justice Department about Sub-Zero's death, and he's just like, well, get off my back. You know this is a game to the death, and you can't have it both ways. Um, the next audience member can't decide between Buzzsaw and Dynamo, so Killian announces both of them at the same time. And... Yay! <laughs> I, I, I love that they keep giving out, and uh, I'm assuming it's a, a definitely a joke that was fresh at the time. It's the Running Man in the Home game. The home, home version, yeah, because yeah. the Wheel of Fortune home version and the and Jeopardy home version. Jeopardy. You know. I I had the Wheel of Fortune home game. Yeah, that was any good. I I had fun playing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't very good at guessing because I was only like five playing it. I don't mm. think I was old enough to play it. Probably yeah. It. Probably guessing Z's and X's. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> probably what I was. And my mom just sat there with her her head in her hands. Why me? <laughs> I knew I made this. I knew I made a mistake. Uh, so uh, at this point, Killian finds out that Amber was caught looking for Bakersfield tape. So he gets himself an idea. In the meantime, uh, we f- meet Dynamo for some reason. He's some sort of electric themed <laughs> opera guy. 
<laughs> that has a mohawk. And then Killian throws Amber into the games too. Uh, meanwhile, the announcer slut shames her and says she had a relationship with Ben Richards. It's also not true. Uh, they, they say she had a relationship with two, maybe three men in a year. A year. Yeah. A year. That's Man. nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, those dwarf my numbers, but still, that's that's nothing. What like, a hoe. Nowadays, it's like, yeah. oh, well, that's awesome. Good for her. Yeah. Get that dick. <laughs> April well, O'Neil wishes she could say that. <laughs> she was stuck with turtles. All right. So, real quick <laughs> April O'Neil. Is she sleeping with Fireball, Captain Freedom, or Dynamo? If she's smart, she's sleeping with Captain Freedom. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Fireball, man. I mean, it is, no it is Jim Brown. It is Jim Brown. Right. It's Jim Brown. He would make her, unfortunately. <laughs> is that too soon? I'd take it. Yeah. <laughs> I just found out about that not too long ago, surprisingly. <laughs> really? Jim I just Brown found out about that? this. I got I to gotta let people know. Right. I'm going to write this down for the next podcast. Uh, so she gets tossed into the into the games, and uh, Weiss starts thinking about. So Weiss, uh, Lachlan, and Richards are esca- have escaped uh, the first quadrant. Now we're in the second quadrant. Weiss starts thinking about a way to jam the signal, the network, because that's kind of what the resistance hopes happens. Um, and then Amber catches up with the other three. The Dynamo and Buzzsaw show up. And then Weiss and Amber get separated from Lachlan and Richards. Weiss and Amber work on jamming the uplink signal for the resistance, while Lachlan, Lachlan and Richards take on Buzzsaw. Lachlan gets hurt, uh, and then Buzzsaw wraps a tow cable around Richards and drags him for a while, but he manages to like hook the uh, tow cable on like a rock, which knocks Buzzsaw yeah. off his motorcycle. My favorite part of this whole squadron area, or whatever it's called, is the intersplicing of the party, like the high-end party mm-hmm. going on where they're cheering it, and just Jim Brown struts in the room with just his shirt unbuttoned, no mm-hmm. introduction to who he is at all. I think everybody knew who he yeah, was at that and, point. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, he just comes into the room and just sits down with that shirt on, and I was just like, yeah, he's definitely going to... I was like, I was waiting for when Jim Brown would show up from the time his name was in the credits, and he decided to make his entrance. And Mark got the vapors. I got the vapors. It's like, oh. oh, my word. Oh, man, I love my NFL MVP running backs. <laughs> um, and Weiss sneaks into the uplink interface and starts hacking it in order to send the codes to Mick Fleetwood. And Ben goes over to Buzzsaw, and Buzzsaw wakes up. So they get into a fist fight, with, also with a chainsaw. Yeah. They struggle with the saw to gain position against each other. Eventually, Richards turns the saw on Buzzsaw and brings it right up into his dick. He just kills him that way. Yeah, it's a, it's a satisfying death. It's a good fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it has a terrible one-liner, right? No, no, that happens later. But I don't no, know. No, no. Well, there, there's that one, but he also gives him the, uh, was like, this, this chainsaw is a part of me, and now it's going to oh. be a part of you. And he goes, okay. Keep it, and then like, okay. No okay. thanks. Keep it. it yeah. No thanks. Keep it. Chainsaw to the dick. Yep. Pretty and... good way to go out. Yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> not a lot. Uh, not fun, but right. just it's epic. Yeah. Anything with a chainsaw is epic. Absolutely. We talked about that. We're mission mission of justice. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's an epic fight scene. Come on. Yeah. Second yeah, so... chainsaw fight scene. 
So before we go back to um, we can agree that Dynamo is an incel. 100 percent. Oh, yeah. 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 100 percent. He probably would. There's no way he gets laid outside of just have like being Dynamo. You know what I mean? Right. If you were just a regular dude, he's, you know, yeah. he's probably causing some type of havoc somewhere. But yeah, he's a he's a celebrity. Yeah. So Weiss manages to hack the computer. He gets the code to the system. He tells it to um, Amber and tells her to remember it. And then as he's got relayed that to her, they both get electrocuted by Dynamo, who is at this point, if you haven't figured it out, he's a punk rock light bright. Uh, (laughs) He's got electric powers. He electrocutes Weiss and Amber. Weiss dies. Uh, Amber gets incapacitated. Um, Then he hops into his little dune buggy convertible and chases after Richards. Chase ensues. Richards runs up a hill and Dynamo's car can't make it up the hill and rolls back down um, and he gets stuck. But then Ben Richards goes over to him and is going to kill him with a pipe but then he refuses to kill a man that is uh, basically uh, defenseless. Yeah, so, incapacitated. Yeah. Uh, so Richards runs up to where, Lock- where Lachlan is uh, who's mortally wounded by Buzzsaw and tells him to he tells him where to find Mick so they could get him the message, um, which I think is like in the fourth quadrant. So he says, go there, you'll find the resistance and you can get that uh, code to Mick. And Yafit Kodo then dies right there. Uh, and then as they run off is when the other one-liner I was thinking of happens. Oh, it's Amber, Amber says to Ben, where's Buzzsaw? He had to split. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. And then... Uh, uh, so at this point, Killian then comes up on the big screen to talk to Richards and he offers Richards a chance to become a stalker. And then Richard tells him to shove the contract down his throat along with his fist and he's going to rip his spine out and then smashes the camera. Pretty sweet moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ar- Arnold going off the hook. It's always fun to see. Yeah. Down your throat and rip your spine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it down your spine. I think you. I, everybody's uh, Arnold impression is just uh, informed from Conan's. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> Listen, you do what you do what you can, and people know. <laughs> people know. Um, at this point, Fireball has entered the game, and of course, it's none other than former running back Jim Brown. Um, and then Killian goes into the crowd again and asks an old lady who will get the next kill. And she says Richards, because he's one mean motherfucker. And then yeah. the, the crowd starts uh, rooting for Richards at this point. Uh, they start betting on him, and this is kind of unheard this, of at this point. Is this the Rocky Four moment? This is yeah. where, yeah, the <laughs> uh, the tides have turned. And uh, Killian feels like he's, uh, he's losing the crowd. He is. Uh, yeah, he can sense his power slipping. Ben and Amber get to Quadrant 4, where the resistance is supposed to be, and Fireball shows up and chase ensues. They run into some sort of bunker. Richards and Amber get separated. Amber finds some skeletons of the supposed winners of the past Running Man competition. So obviously, they are not on some uh, beautiful tropical island living out the rest of their days. Uh, Fireball corners Amber, but then at the last minute, Ben manages to pull one of Fireball's hoses and blows up Fireball with a flare. Why can't I fly? Why can't I fly? (laughs) Why can't I fly? (laughs) Terrible words to go out on. (laughs) Hall of Fame running back. Why can't I fly? (laughs) Yeah. This isn't the Derby Dozen. 
so then Captain Freedom gets the call to go in. But Killian isn't taking any chances. Um, no, there's a second. part, uh, uh, there's a, a scene. So they call in Captain Freedom to, you know, go to wardrobe and he, he storms into the broadcast center, I guess. And he, he's got these, like, he looks like a transformer of some yeah. sort. So he's yelling at Damien or Damon that this is ridiculous. He's not going to do it. He's not going to dress like that. He used to kill people with his bare hands. And Killian just kind of tells him to, you know, go F himself. And he turns around and there's this guy there who's just like right in his way. You remember that? Yeah, he yeah, kind of looks like he's the guy artist. that dressed him. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like any one of us. That <laughs> character is just like one of us who's just sitting there like, oh shit, and then he just yeah. meekly gets out of the way. That's us. Just, <laughs> when when we're casting this movie, just put us like Chris yeah. Hemsworth is freaking out on uh, Stanley Tucci, and yeah. Stanley Tucci just tells him to be gone, be, be gone, and do your job and whatever. And then Chris Hemsworth turns around, and there I am just looking up at him, and I like shit my pants and move to the side that's that was us yeah so i guess at this point basically um killian's not taking any chances they're going to kind of cg the fight between richards and uh captain freedom because a they don't want him to lose they don't want him to die but they don't want him to lose more than anything they want Mm -hmm. to make sure that he wins so they cg a fight that Captain that never happens. Captain Freedom fights Richards and Amber. He kills Amber, snaps her neck like immediately, and then mm-hmm. they have a back and forth fight between Freedom and Richards. Eventually, uh, Freedom impales Richards on some spikes, and uh, so the crowd believes that at this point um, the game is over and Richards has lost because Captain Freedom came in and killed him. So uh, they can they can CGI a fight, but they can't have wireless phones. <laughs> this, this is a yep. weird future, man. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it doesn't benefit the government to to wire to have wireless phones. It only benefits yeah. the government to fix these fights. Yep, and uh, that makes sense. You know, be able to make deep fakes and stuff like yep. that. Yeah, it's a deep <laughs> it's go. a deep fake. Yeah, it, yeah. We got Absolutely. reality TV. We've got a crumbling economy that's run by an iron fisted government, and we got deep fakes. Yeah, it's a very we're, prophetic we're, movie. We're, I don't see any parallels. The Running Man, man. <laughs> We're there. Yeah. Screw 1984, man. This is the run. It's the Running, <laughs> the running man. man. It's the Running Man with a little bit of Back to the Future 2 mixed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, Mick finds Ben and Amber. Amber tells them that they have an uplink code um, for the satellites. So the resistance starts arming themselves and getting ready to to hack the the satellite. And Richards has a score to settle with Killian. He says, "I told yeah. told him I'd be back. I don't want to make myself. I don't want to be a liar, basically." Yeah. yeah. Now uh, the second in command for the resistance would that would we recast that as the guy that plays the head elf from Santa Claus? Yeah, he looks Bernard. just like him. <laughs> Dweezil Zappa, uh, the son of Frank Zappa. Yeah, he yeah. looked just like the guy from the Santa. I thought the same thing, Mark. <laughs> Yes, that's perfect. Um, so then they get ready to take over the studio. Amber gives them the unedited Bakersfield footage to play once they take the satellite. And once they do, they play a video that shows not only the unedited Bakersfield footage, but also the shots of the previous winners, which I don't know where they got those shots from, but we're not going to we're not going to uh, we're not going to question it. But uh, gunfight ensues at the studio. 
and some people yeah, they, will shoot. They they have a line here that I I guess sounded good when they said it, but really makes no sense in general. Is when she pulls out like the the little Uzi gun, and Richards goes, "So where were you hiding that?" Right up her vagina. Yeah, well, no, it, it was the unedited. It was the raw footage. Oh, okay. And it's one hundred percent her vagina. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the only. I thought he place. meant the gun. That, that's nope. my fault. That makes no, even just... more sense now. Yeah, that's because exactly I'm like, okay, it makes more it. sense. Because well, I thought it was the gun. Saying, she she says like, I, I have something that'll that'll make them believe, and she shows the uh, she shows the raw footage and goes, you know, where were you hiding that? Wouldn't you like to know? And you're like, oh, okay. oh well, it and was it your vagina. Okay, sense. got it. Okay. The guy comes over and takes it when he's wearing a pair of gloves. I'll take these. I would have loved that. How great would that have been? <laughs> right? It, it was like, where were you hiding that? When you like to know? Oh, your vagina. Okay, <laughs> now I know. That's funny. <laughs> I, I get it now. Hey, Nick, did you hear that? She said <laughs> she basically means a vagina. Ah, yeah. <laughs> She's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> Who said you could have my cookie? Um. Then Dy- so during the gunfight, Dynamo shows up and attacks Amber, and she kicks him in the dick, and then he responds by almost raping her. Then they fight over the gun, and he- they accidentally shoot the sprinklers, which then gets Dynamo wet, and he ele- gets electrocuted by his own suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I thought this might have been the only one missed opportunity that I was that I predicted in my head that didn't happen was I thought when they would run into each other, Dynamo and Amber that he would just let her go because they didn't kill him on the battlefield. Right. That would have made sense, but... Yeah. Nope. I guess they just needed this really cool, light bright, electrocuting a guy right. scene. Yeah, we needed more of the light bright suit. They yeah. paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> well, um, see, I thought when he died, he would, like, hit the opera, like, the high note, but he just, like, just does a regular scream and dies. Yep. That, yeah, he was kind of a missed opportunity at that moment. Yeah. He, he died as he lived. Very forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then Ben meets up with Killian and his security guard, Sven, and Killian's like, kind of, hey, Sven, why don't you take care of this Ben Richards fella? And Sven's like, eh, nope. Bye, Felicia. I'm gonna go, I gotta get some steroids. <laughs> yeah. He's like, bye. <laughs> yeah, pick up steroids, a... bye. It's, a, he does that, uh, he pulls that meme where it's the, the kid throwing up the deuces and just slowly disappears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this guy is, uh, play, he also played LaFours in Mallrats. Yes. <laughs> He's essentially the same man. <laughs> just a big, tough enforcer. Uh, so Killian tries to, you know, talk Richards down. He's like, ah, it's all showbiz. It's all this, you know, it's just... It's all about getting the big ratings. That's what's really in charge here. It's not me. And uh, Ben doesn't takes it to listens to it a little bit and then pushes Killian into one of the pods and sends him off to the running man course. Uh, pod bounces down, goes bounces and into one of his cadre cola yeah. billboards and then blows up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing in that vehicle he was in had yeah. explosives in it. Yeah. This seemed like steel. <laughs> Like, it's just, you know, his yeah. gravity was doing most of the work, it seemed like. It, well, you guys how come... didn't know about all the explosive barrels behind that sign. <laughs> it's right. not. Yeah, there's a scene missing where there's just a bunch of workers, and like, what do we do with all these uh, explosive barrels? Well, we'll just put them behind the sign. <laughs> no one will know. We're safekeeping. Yeah. Uh, 
don't you think this is dangerous? Uh, either way, I'll sleep good tonight. <laughs> High five. Bam, did it. Um, <laughs> Simpsons they reference. Got her in the union. Bam. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, when how come whenever why why did his sled go flying into a sign when everyone else's sled would go into like a little uh like a little net i don't know i think they might have taken the net away uh, yeah maybe that's what it was it wasn't like, set up to take another one yeah yeah that, yeah uh, that's, you're probably right good call mark so at that point the crowd chants for richards all excited he's reunited with amber they kiss as one of the greatest end credit songs of all time plays yeah. Restless Heart by John Parr. He, oh, they were goodness. the one that sang I Want to Know What Love Is, right? Uh, I don't know about that, but definitely St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the one I was thinking. It sounds just like the band that sang I Want to Know What Love Is. Yeah. I think that's Foreigner, isn't it? I no, so. I don't think that's Foreigner. I think it's Foreigner. I don't know. Let's go to the videotape. Hold Let's on. Keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I love end credit music that is ridiculously out of left field. Yeah. Oh, my God. This it's not Mariah Carey. Oh, it is Foreigner. Oh. What? That's not, that's not Steve Perry. Nope. Steve Perry's Journey, but that's okay. No, that's Journey. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's Foreign. why. Okay. <laughs> God damn. I know, I, I was I know getting... it's Foreigner because of... Uh, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode where they get the foreigner belt. <laughs> All right, so I got my 80s uh, rock bands mixed up. Yeah. All right. This song this song rivals Angel Baby, as far as I'm concerned. No. Maybe. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. I, but it, I I should put that on my phone right now, actually. I should download that shit. I'd pay $1.29 for a restless heart. Oof. Yeah, it's so good. It's so eighties. Yeah, that's a that's a very white man thing to say. I'll pay a dollar twenty five for Restless Heart. <laughs> I think it might be the only time anyone's ever uttered that sentence. Probably. White people. Yeah, one hundred percent. Mark put that white people jiff uh, in there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we just uttered the. It seems like every week we utter the whitest thing imaginable. Yeah. Well, I'm on the podcast, so it, it's we're really good happen. at it. We're very good at it. But yeah, that's that's a completely unique sentence. I'd pay a dollar twenty nine for Restless Heart. <laughs> uh, what's his name from Foreigners? Uh, his ears just perked up. <laughs> it's not Foreigner. <laughs> what did I say? John Parr. Restless Heart. Say no most fire. Right. Well, the guy from Foreigners ears are perking up. It's like we we. You did the legwork to find out that it wasn't Foreigner, and then you just ignored it. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at Foreigner. That's why I said it. <laughs> Is it? It was really John Parr. John Parr. Are you Are you 100% certain? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we get the soundtrack listing right now. I don't know. Restless how Heart. So Restless Heart is in uh, parentheticals, and it's running away with you. Music and lyrics by Harold Falt Faltermeyer and John Parr. Performed by John well, Parr. You win this round. <laughs> I can't, I didn't know how to spell restless heart. By the way, <laughs> I kept typing W in there. It's an incredible song, though. Bad. It's it definitely doesn't fit the narrative or the tone. <laughs> no. But but that's so the 80s. 80s. Yeah, that's the 80s where it really doesn't matter. Yep. 
You either yeah. you got you got a wrestler who who John Parr? You got John <laughs> Parr foreigner. He's just John Parr. <laughs> Saint Elmo's Fire and this song. I can't. How many times do I gotta say it? Saint Elmo's Fire sucked. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, whoa. Is that is are those fighting words? I'm sorry. Are we, are we talking about the song or the movie? Uh, the song. Uh, yeah, fighting words. I, I've never seen the movie, so I couldn't tell you. Movie's not bad. But, well, yeah. anyway, <laughs> that's the end of The Running Man. Ends with and rest Join us next week for St. Elmo's Fire. Yes. <laughs> with Foreigner. With Foreigner. Uh, wow. Don't even, I, I don't know how I can make this movie any better, to be honest with you. No. Um, yeah, it's maybe add a few more like weird stalkers in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I was saying before, I think Buzzsaw was supposed to be Hulk Hogan. And maybe cool. that would have been pretty awesome. Right, Schwarzenegger fighting Hulk Hogan because I don't think that's ever happened. Right, we I know we had Sylvester Stallone fighting Hulk Hogan. Right, but not yeah, n- not Arnold. Um, yeah, I think Dynamo yeah. and Buzzsaw could have been could have been like a Dropped. couple of cameos that we would have been like, oh, it's him. Oh, Lou Ferrigno is playing Buzzsaw. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, who who could have been a good Dynamo for for the eighties? Did they have to sing? I don't know. Could you, get, like, could you get like? <laughs> was, could you get like? Could you get like Meatloaf in there? Like was Meatloaf oh, kind of? Like, Meatloaf would have been was good. He big. Yeah, be, right. Yeah. But I, don't I was joking. You're gonna say John Candy, but Meatloaf works <laughs> so much better. Yeah, yeah. I think well because Meatloaf could sing. That's what I was thinking of, and he, and he was a bigger man, obviously. Uh, yeah, I, I think those those two were kind of lackluster. But other than that, I mean, come on, man, this movie fucking rocks. Yeah. This movie I really was don't have pure '80s awesomeness. Yeah, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think I'd change a thing about it, honestly. It's a ten. It's perfect. It is a don't ten. Don't change a thing. Yeah, it's, it's silly enough where it makes sense that we review it, but just awesome enough where you can't really, you can't fault it for anything. Nope. It, it's like, like Anthony said at the beginning of the podcast, it doesn't go outside of itself. Yep. It knows exactly what it is. Yep. So let me ask you this question then: If we, are we all assume? Am I am I assuming that none of us can change it for the better? Yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that yeah, boat. Yeah. Mark. Okay. So let's go to our other, our other standby. Uh, fuck Mary Kill. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're doing Fuck Mary Kill of the Stalkers. Okay. All right. We're we're doing Fireball. Captain Freedom. Sub Zero. Interesting. Um. Kill Sub Zero. Okay. Fuck Fireball. You marry oh, yeah. Captain Freedom. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think we had Anna in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I would. Yeah, I would kill Sub Zero. I'm. I'm banging Captain Freedom. I'm marrying Fireball because Fireball looks like he's got a real swanky apartment. <laughs> right, and he's got. He looks like he throws a bomb party. Right. Sure. That, he's got. First of all, he walks around with no shirt on. I mean, that's come on. That's awesome. And he's got. I mean, He's got women all around him. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm marrying him. I want to marry him because I want to live there. You don't want to have sex with him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if I could handle him. Like, I mean, Captain Freedom, I, I was just like, I, I feel like he could be more gentle than uh, Fireball. But I feel like I, Captain I, Freedom I, takes care of his, his, his significant other. You think so? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no. Like he's just—he kept shouting slogans at us. You know, like he was—if like, I wasn't in shape, he'd let me know about it. 
and he would really get on my ass. And yeah. I don't want that. I don't need that. I want. <laughs> I just want. I want my man to walk around shirtless in my awesome <laughs> penthouse, and I want to know that I'm going to have an awesome party later that night while watching The Running Man. You don't like. You hate parties. Well, I mean, I've never. <laughs> I've never been invited to that kind of party. <laughs> I think I could dig that. Okay, you get down with that. Yeah, and all the women with their large shoulder pads and their their uh, crazy hairstyles. Yeah, I can I can dig that. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know if there's anything more that we could say about the Running Man at this point. Yeah. No. Go watch it if you haven't. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, listen it, to John Parr's uh, <laughs> Restless Heart. And also listen to Journey and Foreigner. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have some good songs. They're not in this movie, but yeah, no, only John Parr. It's got one. No matter how much Dan wishes it was foreigner. All right, uh, you guys want to plug your shit? Keep it quick. I, I do. Uh, Twitter at diaquino122. Uh, Stranger Damies at Stranger Damies on the Twitter and Instagram. Yep, and as usual, Stranger Damies airs every Wednesday. Um, this week I remembered the days of the week, so it will go up on Wednesday. Um, uh, the, the best part about this week is that uh, you start slowly seeing um, our new cast member come into his own um, as this episode goes along. Um, you start seeing flashes of it, which is real nice because um, it's always a nervous thing to have someone new come into a creative endeavor. So it was good to see it uh, start to blossom here. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. Short and sweet. Uh, this is They Called Us a Movie. You can find us at theycalledusmovie.podbean.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms at the main TheMainDamie.com is the main website. Uh, for all podcast streaming apps, just look for They Called Us a Movie. It will pop right up. And that's Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and just wherever you podcast your pods that is where we'll be oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> i was kind of trying to say that creepily so I yeah know. no you did it was okay. mission, that was mission accomplished, mission accomplished. <laughs> standing on a know. battleship i don't know i don't know casting pods was gonna be sexual but here we are <laughs> um yeah uh we're also part of geek vibes nation you can find them at gvnation.com and on all social at geek vibes nation they have a great list of shows that include ours uh, and a bunch of others of very talented people and a bunch of stuff that you are probably into. You probably find a show that's right for you. So just go on to once again, wherever you cast your pods, Mark, um, at Geek Vibes Nation, and you should be able to find them. And that's going to wrap this up. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, you can hit us up at the main at gmail.com. You can rate us on uh, iTunes or give us a review. It helps us out a great deal and get more people to see us and get noticed more. Um, so please do that if you got a minute to spare. Just give us five stars and tell us we're great. Or tell give us five stars and tell us we suck. Either way, just give us five stars. Um, but that's going to wrap it up. Um, this was The Running Man, directed by Paul Michael Glazer. So... For Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Paul Marco Glazer to once again go fuck himself. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.